Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth. And I'm Ramey. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore. From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity. Okay. What is this event of the day we go on about now? Oh, yeah. I couldn't find anything really interesting. You mean all of human history and nothing has happened? Uh, well, some people might find it interesting, but the most interesting one I could find was in 1962. Today, as we're recording, is October 20th. So October 20th, 1962, President Kennedy secretly planned the blockade of Cuba. Okay, that makes good sense, because their last episode was the Cuban Missile Crisis. They noticed the missiles. Yeah. Well, now we got that out of the way. What are we actually talking about today? The Black Aggie statue. I don't know anything about Baltimore, except for the Black Aggie. Oh, I've been to Baltimore. Mm. Watched a Orioles game. Mm. Well, this is probably going to be a really short episode. Also went to Poe's grave. I don't know what that is. Either. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, Poe's grave. I had no idea what you said. I don't know how you could take it any other way than the way I said it. I, I don't even know. I don't know. You ready? I mean, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to tell you I've been to Edgar Allan Poe's grave. Oh, okay. Seems fitting for a podcast called Horrific History and Hauntings. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's cool. It's kind of morbid. I want to go visit this grave and take a photo. <laughs> no, not really. They wouldn't have the name Dark Tourism if it was. In 1925, General Felix Angus fought for France and then for America in two different wars. He was born in France and then he moved to America. Oh. And he got injured many times. Yeah, do that in war. But he got a medal for his courage. After the wars, he got married and his wife's father owned a newspaper. I want to say it was called the Baltimore American. He became the boss eventually of this newspaper and ended up making it very popular from what I understand. Well, this is horrific. It's a successful businessman. <laughs> <laughs> he helped others with news and politics. Oh, that's what newspapers do. I think it meant outside of the newspaper oh. <laughs> as well, like just free time. Okay. He lived a long life and died at an old age. So it was a happy ending. And that's the end of the episode. Why? I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> he was buried in Pikeville's Druid Ridge Cemetery. It's located right outside of Baltimore. And oh. there was a large, strange black monument of a mourning figure that was placed on his grave that he had purchased. This said it was by Augustus St. Gaudens, I believe is how that's pronounced. But I don't think this is the right one because I'll mention it later on. Let me just continue. Okay. A little bit about Augustus St. Gaudens, who made the statue, created it, sculpted it. Yeah. Whatever. Late 1800s, he was considered an amazing American sculptor. Before his death, he crafted some of the most admired pieces of artwork in America, including Diana, which was one of New York's most popular landmarks. It's the, um, it was a goddess. It was an archer. Okay. Have you not seen it? I've never been to New York, but... Beth, I, what if I went to New York? <laughs> I've never been to New York either, but I mean, I've seen it. I didn't know that's what it was called until I actually looked it up. Anyway, one of his standout creations was a memorial dedicated to Marion Adams, the wife of Henry Adams. In 1885, Marion's father passed away and she fell into a deep depression. And on December 6th, 1885, she committed suicide by drinking potassium. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. I didn't either. I guess you have to eat it. It's a banana. You just eat a whole <laughs> bushel of bananas. Oh, we shouldn't be laughing, but I'm really in curious about that because I didn't realize you could drink potassium. Adam's desire to more 
elaborate monument than the regular boring one that she had for Marion's grave. So he called on Augustus St. Gaudens. I hope I'm saying his last name right. It took over four years, but once completed, the monument was considered as one of the most powerful and expressive pieces in the history of American art. And it a- sounds cool, though. Oh, it wasn't interesting. In 1891, the monument was placed in the Washington's Rock Creek Cemetery, where Marion was buried. Henry Adams refused to speak publicly about Marion's death and refused to name the monument. At first, the monument didn't have the name because he refused to give it one, but eventually it received the nickname Grief. That's pretty much what it was, a grieving woman, or I believe, yeah, woman. In the early 1900s, a sculptor called Edward L.A. Poosh... P-A-U-S-H-C. He created his own unauthorized copy of Grief. He ripped off the statue and made his own. Flattery. And this is the one that became more famous as known to be Black Aggie. Oh, he just improved on it then. Actually, I feel, I want to say that I read he used cheaper materials. (laughs) As it rots away, it looks better (laughs) and creepier. In 1905, General Felix Agnes purchased the copied sculpture. Not the real one, the copied one. Did he know that? No. Oh, no. I don't think he did. He decided to use it for his family tomb. <laughs> I know exactly where this will look good at. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I thought they just had things made for family tombs. They didn't just buy secondhand statues to plop down on the family tomb. I think he only bought it from... Um, the statue vendor next door. Well, that's not what they're called, but yeah, pretty much. Felix was born in France in 1839. At age 13, he traveled around the world and fought in the army of Napoleon III against Austria. He later served with General Garibaldi's forces. Okay. He went to New York and worked as a silver chaser and sculptor at Tiffany's. After a severe shoulder injury at Gaines Mills, he was brought to Baltimore for treatment, where he met Charles Carroll Fulton, the publisher of the Baltimore American newspaper, through Fulton's daughter, Annie, who was the one to nurse Agnes back to health. Eventually, he asked her to marry him, and she accepted. And he also, as I said before, took over his father-in-law's newspaper and did so until his death. That's what he did. Successful enough. He got around. People back then just seemed like to live the wildest lives compared to Mm. the average person today, don't they? Yeah, well... We have stuff to do inside now. Yeah, we don't have to go outside to do as much. I go out to feed the chickens and... um, I would love to be able to travel, but that costs too much money. Walk the dog. And then most of my world is in fantasy space. (laughs) A year later, the widow of the artist Augustus wrote a letter to Agnes informing him of the inadequate reproduction of grief. She requested that he give up the sculpture and filed a suit against the art dealers. Art dealers. That's the word I was looking for. Agnes filed a suit as well and a claim over $4,500. Back in the day, that was a considerable sum, I'd say. Mm, Probably. He still refused to give up the copied statue, though. I wouldn't do it either. No. I paid for that. It's mine. I don't care if it's a copy or not. You go ahead and take it. It's desecrating a tomb. (laughs) Oh. Annie, his wife, died in 1922 at the age of 86, and he passed away and was laid to rest at the feet. Of Aggie. With the smuggest smile he can imagine. You just. <laughs> My copied statue. <laughs> it's, just, it's just smug Jeremy Clarkson look. But how Black Aggie became a spooky legend is what we're getting into now. Okay. Because otherwise, that would be a very, a very, very weird, boring yeah. episode. <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to get A creepier. very confusing and boring episode. <laughs> People seem to enjoy the monument in the daylight, but she looked creepy at night and believed 
to be how she got the name Black Aggie. The legend around it is on certain nights, the spirits of the dead would arise and gather around Black Aggie, and those who made eye contact risked being struck blind. That does sound terrible. It was also believed that pregnant women passing through her shadow would suffer miscarriages, and the grass would never grow in the shadow of the statue either, but it grass needs sunlight to grow, so. So this is Baltimore? Yeah. Well, I didn't see it, but if I, I wish I'd had a note. It's no longer there. Well, that explains why I didn't see it. Yeah. A local college fraternity included Black Aggie in their initiations. They would have them spend the night sitting on the statue's lap. I hope it was summertime. Me too. Otherwise, they're going to freeze there. The grass never grows. It's so chilly. <laughs> According to one tale, it was said that she came to life and crushed a freshman in her powerful grasp. The boys said that they watched as spirits surrounded the boy in the statue's lap. And when they yelled at these figures, the statue came to life. And turned them. Shut up. <laughs> it's a place of peace and rest. It turned its head to gaze at them with red glowing eyes. That's a little extreme. Mm-hmm. And then reached out and grabbed the boy who had been sitting in her lap, but was trying to run away at this point. Yeah, I would be too. The other boys ran out of the cemetery before the statue could get them as well. <laughs> and the watchman heard the screams. And when he went to check it out, he found the lifeless body of the boy who had died from fright. I thought they said he got crushed. They said he got crushed, but I feel like they were a bunch of little bitches and they ran away before they even saw anything at all. She reached for him. I left. And um, now he's dead. So must have been crushed. You're the next one there, sir. Tell us what happened. <laughs> In 1962, a watchman discovered that one of the angel's arms had been cut off during the night. Well, that's rude. They also call her an angel sometimes. I don't think. Weeping angel. Maybe. That would explain it. The arm was later found in the trunk of a sheet metal worker's car, along with a saw. He tried to tell the judge that Black Aggie had cut off her arm herself in a fit of grief and had given it to him. Uh, I wonder if she gave him the saw, too. Where did she get? He's like, she just wanted to borrow a saw. And I gave it to her. Next thing you know, there's a mutilation in the process. Oh. And now I've got it in my trunk. and I just don't know what to do, sir. <laughs> I think I should press charges. <laughs> I've been traumatized. The judge did not believe him, obviously. And the man went to jail. Some people believed his story, though, and began crowding together at the Druid Ridge Cemetery to look at Black Aggie. It is a cool story, even if it's, I mean, it's so far-fetched. Frank and two of his friends made their way from Atlantic City to Baltimore for a visit. They were visiting some girls they had met before in New Jersey while the girls were on vacation. And while the girls were taking them sightseeing, they stopped at the Black Aggie statue. One of the girls told them if they placed a coin in Black Aggie's hand, they would have good luck, but they couldn't find a coin. So one of Frank's friends decided to put a cigarette out in her hands instead. That doesn't even sound remotely the same as giving somebody money. No. If I ask for a quarter and you put a cigarette out in my hand, I'm charging you, first of all. <laughs> that Well, that's not going to be first. That's going to be second. <laughs> I'm going to be the one getting charged next. I don't go asking people for quarters, so. No. I don't, it's not, not really a-, a reason to anymore. Even vending machines have card slots. Yeah. Ten years later. That friend was found in a dump. He had ten been... years later. It only took her <laughs> ten years to get up off that pedestal. <laughs> he had been shot in the head, and the murderer was never found. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the statue did that, though. It I don't, seems I don't think the statue's going to be shooting somebody. I mean, somebody might have gave her a gun, too. Who knows? They gave her a saw. <laughs> a saw and a gun. <laughs> How's she going to crush that fraternity kid, then? She, her hands are full. <laughs> She's going to bash him in the head with her pistol. Oh, <laughs> 
Black Aggie had many visitors and was vandalized just as much. Oh, that's how it goes. Yeah. The cemetery groundskeepers tried to discourage visitors and even planted thorny shrubs around her. Stay away or get prickled. Now a fence surrounds the grave of the Agnes family. March 18th, 1967, the Agnes family donated Black Aggie to the Smithsonian Institution for display. The Smithsonian said they never had her, though. Some people remembered Black Aggie being displayed in the National Gallery for a short period, but officials at the Smithsonian claimed to never displayed her at all. The Smithsonian staff gave Black Aggie to the National Museum of American Art, and I forgot there was a reason that they didn't have records of this. It's pretty much they put her in storage, and they forgot about her. The proper paperwork, I don't believe, was put in place, and that's why things got so confusing. At the National Museum of American Art, she remained in a dusty storeroom. I think we've been to these places. We just, I wish we could have seen Black Aggie. In 1996, a Baltimore writer named Sarah Terjung did a story on Black Aggie for a newspaper. She decided to try to track down the statue. (laughs) Shortly after Halloween, she got a call who found that the statue was at the Federal Courts Building in Washington. and She will deal out justice one way or another. Yeah, that's where she's at. And just before ending this extremely short episode for me, it was also said in one source, that the final location of Black Aggie is on the east side of Lafayette Square, which, according to this particular source, was the same neighborhood where Marion Adams took her life in 1885. That's poetic in its own little way. Yes. Also, if you spoke Black Aggie's name three times at midnight in front of a dark mirror, the evil angel would come drag you to hell. That's creepy. Um, Evil angel, I believe, is just a demon. Or demons, mostly just fallen angels? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was exciting. Anything else you have to say? No. Okay. If you want to reach out to Beth, in our link of the description of this episode, there will be an email inside that link. If you just click on the link, take you to our link tree, you see a bunch of social apps and all that. You see an email option for her. You can contact her directly, tell her about her mispronunciations and all the other stuff she got wrong. Uh, give her some ideas of what she might want to talk about in the future. Or just say hello. We don't care. If you want to say hi, say hi. Oh, there's all of our other socials. Most of those come to me, but I will direct them to other people in our group if you would like to talk to them. We have uh, the Gruesome Gaming Group consists of this podcast, Leveling Duo, which is a video game podcast me and my friend Dakota do, and Brother Knows Quest, which is a podcast me and Beth do where I tell her about tabletop role-playing games and see if she'd like to play them. We have our YouTube link in there as well. You can watch or subscribe, or uh, leave a comment if you want. Talk to us that way. We see those. Uh, The top link will be the website that has all of our podcasts on it. You can subscribe to any of them through there. If you don't want to use the YouTube one, you just want to use Podcast Player. If you want to donate to any of the podcasts, the option's in that website on each of the podcasts. We'd appreciate that. If you want to leave a review on your podcast player, here on the 25th, we might start streaming games on Twitch and then putting up the video later on YouTube. Uh, October 25th, the year of our Lord, 2023. So if you listen to this in the future, uh, you'll have to check our Twitters and other social links to see when those things happen, if they're still happening or <laughs> if something tragic's happened to us. Uh, I guess technically I could, I don't really do any other social media besides TikTok and Pinterest. Her TikTok links are in that Linktree link stuff so as well. I guess I could make little videos to say when they're going to happen. Yeah, I'll post them to uh, as well. all the other socials. So if you want to follow any of them, we have a Discord there if you just want to get in there and talk with us and 
other people in the community might join. It just now started, so I don't know how if it's empty or what's going on. I literally just created it. But hop on the Discord. You'll be able to chat with us all there. Any other social app you see, TikTok, you'll be able to see some of the videos or clips of their podcast, whatever you want. There are all kinds of stuff there. Just look at the link tree and just go to something you really enjoy, any of the links. But thank you for listening to HHH. I've been Ramey. And I'm Beth. Goodbye. Goodbye.